You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. You know, Mary Jo, it's 27 degrees in Chicago, which is not as bad as it was last week when it was like four degrees, but it's still cold. And I looked here, it is 76 degrees in Orlando, Florida, which would be really nice. And I would enjoy that. If I had only been invited to speak at CPAC in Orlando, <laughs> and but I figured out, you know, both of us could have gotten in on this. The way you get invited to speak is simply say, the election was illegitimate. Donald Trump is really the president. And that gets you there. And in case you have any doubt on this, someone that I think people were taking seriously as a presidential candidate, Nikki Haley, did not get invited. And why not? Because she said, no, it was a legitimate election. So she got left out, along with the other one that kind of interests me, uh, Vice President Mike Pence was not invited. However, even though those people were not uh, on today's first day of speech, speaking, if you want to uh, tune in on it, you can hear from Matt Gates, which is pretty exciting. Uh, former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi, always been one of our favorites. And, you know, a guy that I just, I got to tell you, I never get tired of is Senator James Langford. Uh, he, he does not get the press that Matt Gates uh, get, gets, but boy, he says a lot of a lot of dumb crap. Aren't you sorry we didn't get invited? I am, and <clears throat> so many things to say about this. But just as a short um, tangent, yesterday I read an article. I think I sent it to you. I think it was from the Atlantic, and it was comparing the Republican Party to the um, the Communist Party right before the USSR fell. So that would be the late 70s, right? And, you know, people are like, oh, how can you compare them? It's not that they're communists, but a lot of the same problems that infected the party that led ultimately to the, the demise of the Soviet Union, or so many scholars think, and one of the things was that if you said the right things, and I think they use the expression like a Mad Libs version of it, you could get an editorial in Pravda or their newspapers. So the same way you're saying you want a speaking slot at CPAC, there are certain things you have to say because you have to give homage to the old dying geriatric cult leader, which is in a sense the same thing that was happening in Russia. You know, Brezhnev, no superstar that dude, but he had consolidated his power in such a way. So just a tangent, I recommend that article. I think it was um, in the Atlantic, and I can find it very quickly. Um, but back to what's happening at CPAC, I have to admit that I'm kind of interested to see what Trump says, because I just find that amusing 
that they all still think that there's relevance to what they're doing. When at the same time, Biden and his folks are leading the way, getting people vaccinated. We're all starting to feel like, yay, I'm going to get vaccinated soon. Having serious policy discussions about what do you do about the economy? How do we bring the economy back? How, how, what does that look like six months from now? What do we do about inflation? This is serious stuff we're talking about. And those dudes in Florida, what do you think they're going to be talking about, John, how the election was stolen? Well, apparently, uh, CPEC uh, has panels. I mean, much like any kind of conference you and I might have gone to in business or in education. And seven of the panels, count them, which is a whole lot, deal with, in their fancy term, election integrity. You know, what what can we do to stop uh, those Democratic uh, liberals from stealing our election? That's all they want to talk about. Absolutely all they want to talk about. Weirdly, they included in it a guy I didn't even know they remembered. Remember Scott Walker, who was going to be the next president of the United States? Oh, from Wisconsin? From Wisconsin. You know, I mean, we rarely saw anybody fizzle quite like Scott Walker, but Scott's making a, a comeback. I guess he's probably in the spot that Mike Pence should have been been in. I think not inviting Mike Pence is really demonstrative of how, um, I, what is the word I'm looking for? You know, it's like how small they've become, how, how not only the tent isn't big, I'm not talking about that, but intellectually and philosophically uh, bankrupt they are because Pence didn't do anything except do what the Constitution requires. And I may have mentioned this to you before, but I remember when Obama was president and I, you know, I knew I worked with some Obama haters and they always had their little constitution. You know what I mean? It was like a little paperback version, pocket version of the constitution. They whip it out to say, you know, I support the Constitution, and the reason I don't like Obama is because he's an anti-constitutionalist, which I always found amusing because not only was he a constitutional law scholar, but he was so, such an institutionalist, you know what I mean? So I think it's very funny now that the people they're rejecting are the people who have said, listen, the Constitution requires certain things, and I'm going to follow the Constitution. And those guys now are persona non grata. Absolutely. And it's been such a change. You know, they always do a straw poll uh, about who the CPAC folks uh, would like to see as the Republican nominee for uh, uh, for the president. And it's kind of one of the very first, not necessarily indicative, uh, but first kind of looks at who are the hot candidates. Do you know for four years in a row, that candidate who won the straw poll was Mitt Romney, who obviously was not even invited uh, this. So he wasn't invited this time, I'm assuming no, that. No, And probably not Liz Cheney. Oh. When I bet, no, they hate it. But <laughs> one of the ones I'm worried about is what about Mitch McConnell? Yeah. Uh, is he going? No, Mitch doesn't go. He hasn't gone in the last, last couple of years uh. Uh, for reasons of his own you know i think 
Mitch believes he's a leader above all leaders. You know, and one of their their challenges, their challenge as a party is you you are limited in how much ideas you can have when you have based yourself on being a white supremacist party. And for any of our listeners who say, oh, John, that's kind of a harsh claim. Really? Go take a look at the candidates, the nominees for cabinet positions and which ones the GOP is having trouble with and fighting against because they just bother them. Man, one after another look like brown faces to me. And women of color. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a whole other conversation, but I I agree. I mean, we don't need to call them a party of white supremacists. Lynn Cheney did. Yeah. And she's Republican royalty. Regardless of what you think about her, she's a very conservative. She's her father's daughter. And I was thinking about CPAC in the days of Reagan, which is really when it started and all those political action committees back in the 80s, and how poor Ronnie would be rolling over in his grave. Because whether you liked or believed in anything that Reagan did, you know, Reagan was someone who believed in the principles that, that the Republican Party stood for. And that's what that conference was about, about ideas and how do we govern and how do we, you know, raise all ships and, you know, many of the ideas which have been discredited, but they weren't crazy ideas back then, right? They were intellectually based, whether you agreed with them or not. Can you imagine if Ronald Reagan like reappeared? Those people wouldn't let him come. No, if he reappeared this week, he'd have to be out riding his horse on the ranch because he wasn't going to be invited to this or he would be booed off of the stage. They, you they know, would boo Bush. They would. Oh boo my gosh, Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah. All of these guys would be gone for them. And you know, I mean, I am obviously no fan of Ronald Reagan in any kind of uh, any kind of way. I guess only Trump and his followers can make people like you and I nostalgic for the Bushes and Ronald Reagan. That. <laughs> that, that is, is so like true. really creepy. But when we are confronted with Matt Gates, for God's sake, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, what is it? It's a clown car. It's a clown car, but it's a clown car with guys, uh, lots of people who have weapons and they're dangerous. Yeah. So it's, this is really interesting. And this is why you need a robust um, conservative party. So the, Demo uh, the Democrats are ready to vote on this $1.9 trillion uh, dollar package for COVID relief. And it's not even getting the kind of airing that it should be because the Republicans are just like, no, no, that's what Biden wants. We're not going to do it. So I consider myself pretty liberal, but there are parts of that package that even I'm like, does this make sense? Is this the right place? Could we have a discussion, progressives, moderates, and conservatives, on what's the right amount of government funds that should be used at this time in this circumstance? And you know, we cannot even have that conversation because we do not have a robust and uh, philosophically grounded Republican Party. And, and I think that's to our detriment. And that's not going to get better, John, unless the clowns. 
um, can give some space for the people who really do think through conservative issues. So again, I think of Lynn Cheney. I'm not really a fan of Lynn Cheney, but she is consistent in her beliefs and her values. And put her, like, I would love to see a debate between her and, I mean, who would be a good liberal to put up against her? Um, not not even as far left as Bernie Sanders, but, you know, someone, um, Rukana or somebody like that, mm-hmm. right? To fight and have a discussion about what's the appropriate use of the public fisc at this moment as we start to see a breakthrough after the pandemic and how do we manage inflation and how do we manage grift and fraud and all that. Wouldn't that be an awesome conversation? I think it'd be tremendous. And I, you know, we have the cable news channels, the availability to do this. I really wish we had a once a week forum like you're talking about, not for people to sit down and do whataboutism and this and the politics of this, but to have a principled, philosophical, fact-based discussion week after week. And that'd be great. Put Lynn Cheney, put Amy Klobuchar uh, with her, you know, any of these kind of people. Right. uh, And one week, let's talk about the economics of it. Another week, let's talk about the problems of race without saying, oh, yeah, but when Black Lives Matter, they... They were stealing shoes, too. You know, all that crap. Get it out. And we're as bad, I guess, on the liberal side as anybody else, uh, you know, of throwing all those things up. But the country could use a really, really reasonable discussion. And I think a lot of us would watch it and would think about it every I week. Too. I'd watch it. You'd watch it. We're up to two viewers already. But the problem is, is that the the um, thoughtful conservatives that you would have in that space today in today's Republican Party have no power. Yeah. yeah. So that's unfortunate because I don't think McConnell agrees with Gates and all those guys, but all he cares about is winning back his majority. So he never does anything for what's best for the country. He only does what's best for the Republican Party, because that's best for Mitch McConnell. Nope. And he basically said that. I saw him interviewed, you know, and he's like, you know, they were talking. It's a whole other conversation. We don't have time. But basically, listen, I did what I had to do to keep Trump in power. Yeah, absolutely right. And among the things uh, that may we'll get back to, since you and I may be those two reasonable voices in uh, in the media, I'm curious uh, on your thoughts, maybe uh, uh, tomorrow, about uh, the minimum wage. What's going to happen now? Is there a reasonable approach to that? But I guess we got to come back to that, right? Monday Monday morning. morning, We'll do it. Monday, Monday. (laughs) Can't cross that day. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.